Uh, my name is Kurt Lawson, and I serve in our Do Good ministry here at the Bridge, and it's an honor to come and speak to you guys this morning and continue our series, Jesus and Me. And so what we're looking at is who do we want to be as the Bridge? What do we want to be known for? What are our values? As we follow Jesus, who do we want to be as a church? And then at you as individuals, as an individual Christ follower, what difference does following Jesus make in your life? Jesus and me. What difference does it make in your life if you're a follower of Jesus? Who do you become? That's what we're talking about. And in week one, Kenny talked about how we're Jesus-focused, how it starts with Jesus. It's always going to be about Jesus. We're laser-focused on Jesus, and everything we do is going to be about him. We're Jesus-focused. And then last week, Kenny talked about how we're better together. And the idea that we repeat around here a lot that life change doesn't happen in these rows, but life change happens in circles. And, and we have small groups for that that we're encouraging you guys to be a part of. And you can still join them. Denise is at the table. You can check that out later. Uh, but today, I get to talk to you about we are hope carriers. We are hope carriers. And I love this one. And I'm excited about it. But before I jump in, I got to call my nerves. Let me pray real quick and we'll jump into it. God, thank you for this morning. God, thank you that you love us. God, I thank you that you have a word for us this morning. God, I pray that you would speak. God, that every uh, person sitting in this room would just hear from you, whatever you want to tell them this morning. God, thank you for your word. Would it challenge us and change us? In Jesus' name, amen. So hope carriers. We are hope carriers, and, and, and I thought, you know, like, well, I needed to start this off uh, with, with a story, because I got a funny story about this. Like, when I was ki a kid, we were, we were uh, running around the grocery store. We were with my grandma in Angleton, Texas, and my grandma, she's an old lady, so she said old lady stuff. That's how old people do. They just, she would walk up to people, what you know good? It's like, what? What you know good? What you know good? So she would walk up to people and say that. And so my brother and I thought that was funny. And so we start running around the store like the wild kids that we were. We're running around just asking everybody, what you know good? What you know good? And most people just ignored us or just brushed us off as dumb kids. But there was this old lady walking on one aisle. And she was just kind of shuffling with her grocery cart, you know, shuffling down the aisle. And we said, we looked at her and we said, what you know good? She said, well, that's my old lady voice. She said, well, I don't know nothing good, but I know a whole lot of bad. We said, ah, you're scaring this lady. And we just run, right? Like, get me out of there. I, but, but, but isn't that so true of the society we live in? Like, man, just turn on the news. It's just bad, bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news. Just get on social media, which I've been fasting from my social media. It's been awesome. In the 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's been great. Bad news after bad news after bad news, right? But we, as Christ followers, we have this hope. And we're called to be hope carriers. We're called to be spreaders of this good news, right? Before I get to all that, though, I want to kind of just define what this hope is. Like, what is hope? Because we hear that, and I think we get it confused with what the world defines hope as. But the biblical definition, what, what it's defined as in the Bible, in the New Testament, you see this word 53 times, this word hope. And it means this, a joyful, a joyful or a confident, joyful and confident expectation. A joyful and a confident expectation. And here's what I know to be true about this kind of hope. 
is that hope is found in Jesus. Hope is found in Jesus. 1 Timothy 1.1, Paul is writing this letter to his friend Timothy, and he starts off the whole letter like this. He says, Paul, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. You see it? He says Christ Jesus our hope. That's who our hope is. And listen, that's why this definition of hope is different than the hope that the world has to offer. The hope that the world has to offer is like this. Man, I really hope I win that Mega Millions or Powerball. Which one? That one on Friday. Anybody win it in here? Your tithe check better be really nice. Right? Like, I hope I do that. Right? I I hope I get a good grade on this test. I, I hope I can get a date this year. Right? That, that's the kind of hope that the world has to offer. And it's purely based on your ability to make something happen. On your ability to perform. That's the hope that this world has to offer. It's almost like this positive thinking, right? I'm going to just think positive. I'm going to work hard enough. I'm going to grind hard enough. And it's going to end up good on, in the end. That is the hope that the world has to offer you. How's that working out for you? This kind of hope, though, is found in Jesus. And it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't disappoint because it's based on Jesus. It's based on what he has already accomplished by going to the cross, dying on the cross, and three days later rising from the dead. He already accomplished it. Our hope is based on him and his faithfulness and his promises, not on our own ability to accomplish anything. And here's what else I know about this hope. This hope is an anchor for our souls. In Hebrews, it says this. We have this hope, this confident, joyful expectation. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Let me ask you something. Who needs an anchor for their soul right now? I know I do. Yes, ma'am. I like that. Raising your hand. Yeah. Participation. It's good. I know I do. Listen, listen. What do you do when you get the bad news? What do you do when you get the diagnosis? What do you do when he's leaving, when she's leaving? What do you do when your whole world is just spiraling out of control? What do you do when you get the call that a loved one died? How do you respond when society is just blowing one way and the other? The winds of society, the storms of life are increasing. How does your soul respond to that? I know how Jesus says it can. It says, if your hope is in me, it can be anchored in that. This hope, this kind of hope, this joyful expectation that God is in control, his promises are true, and he's faithful to do exactly what he said he's going to do. That kind of hope is an anchor for your soul that the circumstances of life can't touch. You're secure. You don't drift. That's this kind of hope. And here's what else I know about this hope is it doesn't disappoint. Hope doesn't disappoint. Romans 5, 5 says this. And hope does not disappoint. That's where I got that from. Pretty creative. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given who was given to us. Listen to me. Your soul wasn't meant for despair. It's meant for hope. Just like your body needs oxygen to function, your soul needs hope. Your heart needs hope. 
And friends, if you came in here and your hope is lacking and, and, and you feel hopeless and you, you're in despair, you've forgotten that there's a God that knows you and a God that desperately loves you. A God that sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that you can believe in him and have everlasting life. What an awesome promise. That's how much he loved you. He so loved you, he gave his only one and only son. Friends, if, you're, if, if your hope is fleeting, you've forgotten how much Jesus loves you. I want to remind you of that this morning, his goodness and his faithfulness, his loving kindness. He loves you. Let that fill you with hope. A hope that is a joyful and a confident expectation. A hope that can be an anchor for our souls and a hope that will never disappoint us. It's unlike the hope of this world. I invite you to know that hope today. His name is Jesus. Now, we're called to carry that hope. We're called to carry that hope. Okay? And as a church, we want to be known as a beacon of hope. Okay, this is a picture of it. Hope. That's our bridge logo. It's pretty cool. We want to be known as a place for hope. We want to be known as a beacon of hope for a hurting world. A place where we can say everybody's welcome. No matter your background, no matter your past, no matter what you've done, come to this place. Come to this place. We want to introduce you to Jesus, the only source of hope. We want to be a beacon of hope where anybody can come to. It looks like this picture here. It's pretty good. It's like reading the Saturday comics. You know, you used to read those in the newspaper. Some of you younger, what's a newspaper? Yeah, the Saturday comics. It's cool. A place where anybody and everybody can come. You're welcome here. And we need that. We need a place. We need a church body where we can come and we can bring all of our anxiety, all of our fear, all of our habits, all of our sin, all of our junk, all of our mess. We can come and we can lay it at the feet of Jesus. And we can learn about his grace. And we can learn about his loving kindness, which leads us to repentance, which simply means to turn from our way and to follow Jesus. We need a place where we can come and we have that. We want to be that as the bridge. That's what we are about. A place where you can find hope in Jesus. Now, we don't want you to stay here, right? We turn the lights off at some point, you gotta get out of here. So what happens when you leave these doors or you, if you're watching online, you leave your couch? What happens if you carry that hope with you? We wanna be hope carriers. We want to be hope carriers. We're going to leave with hope. You see that? We come in, we find hope, we celebrate this hope together, and then we leave these doors and we're going to carry this hope outside of these doors. There's a verse in uh, Colossians, Colossians 1.27, and this is the Passion Translation, and this is a cool translation. I never read it till this week, uh, but, but I like the way it says this, and it provided a good illustration. So um, it says this, living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. So listen what it's saying. It says inside of you, if you know Jesus, 
make sure that's right side up. All right. If you know Jesus, you have a treasure chest. This is my treasure chest. It's really just a black box. I don't know. Um, if you know Jesus, you have this treasure chest of hope inside of you. It says every, God wants everyone to know it, but, but here's what we do a lot of times, if we're honest. Here's what we do. Oh, I got my hope. That's cool. Oh, you back there, you're struggling? Good luck with that. Oh. Oh, you don't know Jesus? Let me know how that turns out. I guess when we leave these doors, honestly, we get too busy. We get too caught up. We get too hung up. We make excuse after excuse of why we don't share this with people. But here's the picture of what God's calling us to do with it. He says, you got hope. And when you leave these doors, I want you to go out and I want you to spread this hope to everybody you come in contact with. So you say, oh, ma'am, you need some hope. Here you go. There you go. Oh, oh. Yeah, this is going to be fun. You need some hope? You need some hope? There you go. Oh, oh, you need some hope back there? Oh, I probably took a light out. Oh, there you go. You need some hope? Oh, oh, you're having a tough time? You need Jesus? Here you go. Here's some hope. That's the picture. That was Kenny's illustration. I stole it. That's okay. It was a good illustration. <laughs> like, that's the picture. We have this treasure chest of hope inside of us because of our faith in Jesus. And he says, go out and share it. Let it overflow into everything that you do, into every area of your life. You see, because I know this, I know we have all different kinds of people in here. And I know we have all different, we all have a different circle of influence, right? We have areas, we have, we have, I have this picture that kind of goes into it. We have these different areas. We have our family. We have sports that our kids are involved in or you might be involved in. We have our business, our neighbors, the um, education, your school, whatever. We have these different areas where we invite these people from these areas or, or you come from some of these areas and somebody invited you and you come to this place and you find hope. You find the hope that only comes in Jesus, this confident and joyful expectation based on his promises. You find that kind of hope. Right, and that's awesome. We come to this place and we celebrate. That, that is, it's great. We experience this hope. We celebrate it together. We know each other. Well, some of us, and we try to get to know each other. You join a small group and we have this place where we can find hope. But Jesus doesn't want you to stay there. Listen to what he prays in John, in John 17. And, this, and, and Kenny uh, referenced this prayer uh, last week when he talked about Jesus praying for his followers. And he said he, he, was, he prayed that they would be unified. Well, this is right before that. He's praying for us. Anybody that follows Jesus, this is what he prays. He says, my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world. He says, Father, don't take them out of the world. Like when you get saved, it's not like, boom, you're right, on, right into heaven. Good job, there you go. No, why does Jesus keep you here? He's got work for you to do. He's, he wants to send you on a mission right? And he says this, he says, don't take them out of the world. He says, but as you've sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. He says, tag, you're it. You're my plan to go spread the hope that I give you. Sometimes I fail at that, to be honest with you, and I get paid to do this. Like, like we're, we're his plan. He says, 
Father, don't take them out of the world. Send them into the world. We don't want to come in here and celebrate and, 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 and talk about Jesus and find this hope in Jesus and, and, and feel good about ourselves and then, then just leave and go about our business and not share it with anybody. He wants to send you out. He wants to send you into the world with a message of hope to share. And, and I was thinking about this. Like, what does this look like practically? What, what does this look like? And, and here, here's, here's kind of how the progression goes. You, you at some point, hopefully, you at some point have placed your trust in Jesus as your Savior, and you have this hope inside of you because of Jesus, right? And, and, and Jesus is changing you. He's working in your life. That's what the Bible says. He who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So he's, he's doing a work in you. The Holy Spirit is working inside of you. He's changing you. He's making you look more like Jesus. Okay, so as this process is going on, you start to change. Okay, you start to treat people differently. Your relationships uh, look a little different because you start to treat people differently. You start to strive to be more like Jesus, to talk like him, walk like him, treat people like him in all of your relationships. And as you are doing that, people are gonna notice as you're living like that and you're not going to get it perfect and I heard John talking about it's the Holy Spirit inside of you that's what it is God gives you the ability and the power to live like this so keep pressing into him he'll continue to change you and give you the ability to live like this but when you live like this people notice when you live like this you're going to stand out in the book of 1 Peter, Peter was writing, and Peter was one of Jesus' closest followers, and he was writing this. He says, but in your, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That means that you've made Christ your Lord. You have a, a, a saving relationship with Jesus. He's the Lord of your life. He's changing you. His spirit is changing you, okay? In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And if you live like this, this is what it says, be prepared. If you live like this, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Oh, and this part, do this with gentleness and respect. Some of you need to remember that part. <laughs> I love this. Like, like, what does this look like? Well, so you're a teacher and you go to your classroom and man, you just treat kids differently. You know, I, I used to be a teacher. You know, in that teacher workroom when everybody's bad-mouthing the bad kids or bad-mouthing the administrators, if you're an administrator, sorry. But, but you, just don't, you just don't get into that, right? You just bring a different attitude. You just bring a different um, joy to the atmosphere. You're just different. You speak life into people. You're a businessman or woman, you go to your job, you sit at your cubicle or your nice office with the windows, whichever one you have, you go and you just treat people differently. You work as you're working unto the Lord. You work with excellence. You do your job well because that honors God. You treat your coworkers with respect. You serve them if you can. Bosses, you treat your employees with dignity and love and respect. You find ways to serve them and love them and be generous to them. That's what happens when we start being changed by Jesus and people notice it. Stay-at-home moms, you get an opportunity to love your kids and teach them the ways of Jesus and, and raise them in a way that honors God and share the hope of Jesus with them. And people start to notice and they ask you, 
What's your no good? Oh, well, let me tell you. I'm glad you asked. And you get to share with them the hope that you have in Jesus. Acts 1.8 says this. Jesus is talking to his followers and he says, you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. He was leaving. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. I love that he uses the word witnesses. Y'all remember the gentleness and respect thing, right? He doesn't say you're, uh, you'll be my lawyers. He doesn't need you out there arguing on his behalf. He doesn't need you telling people they're wrong. Jesus is big enough and powerful enough to convince people on his own. He doesn't need your help. What does a witness do? A witness simply testifies to what, what they've seen, what they've experienced. And so here's how that looks. You say, man, I don't know all the answers. Dude, I don't know like all the details about the dinosaurs. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that all worked. I don't know. I don't know if Adam and Eve had a belly button. That's a great question. <laughs> they didn't need one. They didn't live inside of a stomach. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that happens. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know if the chicken or the egg, that's not really a biblical question, but I don't know if the chicken or the egg came first because I wasn't there when God created the world. I think he probably makes sense that he would create the chicken first. Just logically, I mean, why would he make the egg? It doesn't seem like, just create the chicken first. But, but guess what? I wasn't there when it happened. So I don't know. Right? I, listen to me. I think the number one pushback that people give, the number one pushback that people give for not sharing about Jesus, oh, I don't know enough. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But listen, Jesus isn't asking you to have all the answers. He's asking you to be a witness. So here's how it goes. I, I, man, I don't know the answer to that question. That's a great question. But listen, I do know what Jesus has done in my life. I do know how he has changed my, not, my life. I do know the hope that I now have in Jesus. I do know the peace that I now have in Jesus. I do know what he's done in my life. Can I tell you about it? And that's how this works. You don't need to have all the answers. You know, I think a lot of times we think about missionaries. We think about like, you, you know, somebody that goes to India or somebody that goes to Africa or Haiti to share Jesus with people. And that's awesome. We love that. We, we, we send people when we can, when COVID's not messing things up. We send people when we can. And we support organizations that spread the hope of Jesus in those countries. We do that. And that's awesome. And, and we do that, honestly, because you guys continue to be generous and give towards stuff like that. But listen, Jesus wants you to be a missionary in your home. He wants you to be a missionary in your neighborhood. He wants you to be a, a missionary in your workplace. You have a hope inside of you if you know Jesus. He wants you to carry that hope to whoever you rub elbows with. Whoever you interact with. I don't know who you, what your Monday through Saturday looks like, right? What are you, where are you going tomorrow? I share an office with Marshall Peterson, and if you know Marshall, he needs all the Jesus he can get. So I can start right there, okay? But where are you going tomorrow? Who are you rubbing elbows with? Teachers in the room, you walk in that classroom, it wasn't just you that walked in that classroom, Hope walked in that classroom. Doctors, you walk in that doctor's office, it's not just a doctor, it's Hope that walks in that office. 
If you're working at home, you log on that Zoom call. Zoom, uh, Hope just logged on that Zoom call. You see it? Wherever we go, we bring this hope. This confident and joyful expectation that's based on Jesus and what he's done. It's found in him and him alone. It's an anchor for our souls and it will never disappoint. That's the hope that this world desperately needs. That's why Jesus came. In Isaiah 61, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus and, 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 and Jesus quotes this in the New Testament. This is Jesus talking. Listen what he says in, in Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Jesus came to bring hope to the hopeless. That's why he came. And we were all in that category at one point. He goes on to talk about those in despair and those who are hurting and those who are uh, mourning. And then his hope changes these people's lives. Look what it says in verse four. It says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the places long devastated. They will renew the, ru renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Who's the they? It's the brokenhearted. It's the prisoners. It's the hopeless. The ones that he came for. Do you see it? The ones who needed this hope receive this hope in Jesus and they become hope carriers. Listen to me. The, the, the hope carriers that we impact today will be hope carriers of tomorrow. The people that we impact with our message of hope will be the hope carriers of tomorrow. I know that's a lot of your story. Like you had a friend that invited you to this place that said, hey man, you wanna come check out this place? Yeah, I go to church and you know, you come check it out. I don't know how you got to come get here. I'll take you to lunch afterwards, I don't know. But somebody invited you here and you heard about Jesus and your life was changed and now you're turning around inviting all your friends and your coworkers. Do you see how it happens? It's a cycle. We find hope, we carry hope, they carry hope, they carry hope. And before you know it, our families are changed, our communities are changed, our neighborhoods are changed, our world is changed with this hope of Jesus. Jesus.